With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at MiamiDade.gov slash PlasticFree305. Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. This is episode 186 of Rams Up. Now, if you caught episode 185, you caught the first half of my roundtable with Paul Wallia and Tom Quartz. That's the annual thing we do post-draft. Took a close look at the Rams' 14 draft picks, discussed a lot of other stuff. This episode, I have the second half of that. And in this part of the discussion, we get into the undrafted free agents, remaining holes on this roster, where the Rams go from here, strategy-wise and player-wise. Lots of good stuff, so that'll come up here in a moment. And if you missed the first half of that roundtable, go back and check it out. Episode 185, we dropped that early Monday morning. Now, what do we have coming up after this episode? We'll take a close look at the schedule set to be released. Well, it might be out already by the time you hear this coming out Thursday night. I may do a YouTube video on that or save it for the next drop. I also have a very special episode coming up. I recorded it quite a while ago, waiting for the right time to drop it. It's a history lesson about the 1970 Los Angeles Rams, one of the greatest decades of NFL football also one of the most frustrating and heartbreaking. I have a good bit on that to share with you younger fans, a lot of information you are probably unaware of about this great franchise. And for you older fans, maybe bring back some good memories, but it's probably going to bring back some bad memories too, so be forewarned. Before we get into that second half of the roundtable with Paul and Tom, a few things I wanted to share I took a look at the Rams roster according to Spot Track. The Rams have 72 players under contract. That's not counting the 14 rookies they drafted because they are technically not under contract yet. So that's 86 players. How does that break out? They have 11 wide receivers, and that's including Braxton Burmeister out of San Diego State, by the way. They have five tight ends, includes an undrafted free agent by the name of Christian Sims. 15 offensive linemen. That includes the real recent signing of the center, Mike McAllister, out of Youngstown State. Four quarterbacks, including Brett Ripien. Five running backs, and that's one position I suspect they'll add another one. Four special teamers, that's a long snapper, two kickers, and a punter. And a punter, by the way, that can kick off. 
Now, when it gets to the defense, it gets a little more complicated how they're labeling these players. They only have two players listed as outside linebackers. That's Keir Thomas and Nick Hampton. Worth mentioning, they don't label any players as edge, including Michael Hoyt, who is still listed as a defensive tackle, by the way. And they have six players labeled as defensive ends, and that's including Byron Young and Ochuan Mathis. Eight defensive tackles, and that includes Mr. Irrelevant Deshaun Johnson, and eight linebackers, only two of which are listed as inside linebackers, Jake Hummel and Ernest Jones. So listing them as defensive ends, outside linebackers, adds a little bit of clarity about how the Rams see their roles shaking out, perhaps. Cornerbacks, nine. Safeties, nine including only one listed specifically as a free safety, that would be Jordan Fuller. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, probably just an intern filling this stuff out. So what's the breakout? 39 players on offense, four special teamers, and 42 on defense. And I think they're going to add a running back the rest of this. Who knows? I saw a little bit on Twitter, only three teams travel More miles than the Rams this upcoming season. That would be the Seahawks, the 49ers, and then the Dolphins, followed by the Rams and then the Chargers. And this is pretty much a recurring theme. The teams on the left and right coast generally travel the most, especially the teams on the west coast. That's just the way it shakes out year after year, with a few exceptions. I also saw where the Rams were rated with the worst edge rusher group in the league, And you know what? I can kind of understand that. The Rams definitely have some potential with these most recent draft picks, but they got to prove it. So I'm not really going to push back on having the worst rated edge rushing group, but hopefully that'll change soon enough. Next up, the second half of our roundtable with Tom and Paul coming up in a second. Episode 185 was the first half of the post-draft roundtable with Paul and Tom. Let's pick it up right here with the second half of that discussion, talking undrafted free agents, holes on this roster, and whatever else we felt like talking about. I had originally told you guys uh, to identify three undrafted free agents that'll make this team. Uh, So I'm going to give you three guys that I think are going to most likely be impact players, not only make the roster, but actually contribute on a regular basis. And I'll throw three names out there for you. One is linebacker uh, DeAndre Square out of Kentucky. And it's primarily because there is some, uh, I think there's opportunities there for at linebacker. Uh, we, we still have some holes there after Ernest Jones, I think. I, I would, I'm not going to give you any cornerbacks because uh, there's obviously going to be some undrafted free agent cornerbacks that make this roster and contribute. I'm just not sure which one. Uh, I I identified Florida A&M wide receiver Xavier Smith as a guy that could make the team as a specialist, punt returner, kick returner. But on this team, you know, I think they have guys that could probably fill that void. But if they wanted to identify someone that could really impact games, Xavier Smith might be the guy. And the third guy I identified is the safety out of Memphis, Quindell Johnson. He's a guy that 
my research indicates he was draftable. Uh, it was expected to go as early as the fifth round. And um, I think there's opportunities in that safety group as well. We could add another safety out of this uh, group of undrafted free agents. So those are my three. Quindle Johnson, Xavier Smith, DeAndre Square. Uh, pretty tough job trying to pick pick names out of this group. Um, but that's what I came up with. How about you, Tom? Yeah, I mean, just to clarify, right, uh, for the for the audience is that um, we're talking about non-special team guys, right? Because we both obviously think that Alex Ward and, and Christopher Dunn will make it, which – um, was part of it was part of the the uh, yeah so yeah, we're talking for about clarifying three, that yeah three position players so um, so I agree with your uh, uh, Quindell Johnson I think that that's probably my number one I I think that it's because they're so thin at uh, at safety and we have Jordan Fuller uh, Rush East Quentin Lake um, Jason Taylor drafted. And that's it. And usually the safeties are guys that are going to contribute on special teams. Uh, and then, you know, we have some injury issues here with Fuller um, and Lake. And so, uh, you know, and Rush East is, is you know, show, I really like him as a player, but he's a little undersized. Um, and so uh, I, I think that, you know, I think that Quindell Johnson is is my number one. I won't I'll say lock. I'll say it. I'll say it. He's a lock. OK. Um, Okay, I had to. Yeah, you have to. You have to do. A, you have to come out. Come out a little bit strong in these podcasts. Uh, and then my other two guys are, uh, believe it or not, another safety was for the, all the same reasons that I just said. Rashad Torrance, um, I think another guy that, you, like you had mentioned with Johnson, was uh, was draftable, um, and uh, for all the same reasons, will um, will do well. Um, and then. Uh, the other guy I think we had touched on was maybe we didn't. Um, we touched on obviously Zach Evans at the running back, but um, but the other Evans, Heon Evans, I think is also somebody that uh, has a chance to make the roster um, in uh, at the running back position. Just given the the injury history to history to Cam Akers and Kyron Williams, and um, but I think I don't know if he'll make the fifty three, but uh, he'll be on that uh, UDFA squad or I'm sorry, on the practice squad, and uh, I believe we'll get some call-ups and they'll give him some looks. Okay, Paul, who you got? All right, so my my three will start off with, uh, I also had Tyon Evans. Uh, just like his build, he runs hard, definitely looks like a churner, can get those first downs for you as a running back. Uh, definitely coachable, needs a lot of coaching, um, but definitely coachable. I think he holds a lot of promise for that sort of niche role that the Rams are looking for at running back. So I have him at, at the one. Uh, I did text Tom when we were looking at UDFA, and I had also Rashad Torrance. Rashad Torrance, I think, is going to make the squad. I like what he did at Florida. Uh, he's got the explosiveness. He's got the uh, instincts. Um I think he. I think he'll he'll make the squad. I think he has the opportunity. I think he he will definitely fit for what the Rams are looking for. He's a playmaker, and I think he has the best in terms of physical attributes. Uh, when you take a look at all their players, I think he has the best. And then the third player, uh, I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to go with Jordan Jones, the corner from Rhode Island. Rams to the Rams. 
Um, I like I like what they wrote about him. I did get a chance to look at only uh, I could only find a couple of clips on him, but I did like what I see. He looked like a, a fluid player, but the three scouting reports use the same word: uh, ball hawking corner. I like that. I like that term when you describe a player, and I like his physical attributes, his measurables. I'm going to go with Jordan Jones as a surprise. And I'm, I know I'm only supposed to name three, but I got one player that's going to be, uh, I think, might be a nice, pleasant surprise for us. And that's that inside linebacker from Incarnate Word, uh, Anil Abeki. I like this kid. I really do. I like what they wrote about him. I love his intangibles. Um, six feet, 240. I will say this. I was really excited about the possibility of the Rams signing Ivan Pace uh, as a UDFA, but he got signed like almost immediately. He would have been a great fit next to Ernest Jones, but I think this kid, definitely keep an eye out for this kid. He might make that spot as a two-down linebacker. He hustles. He works hard, very unselfish, and the kid likes to hit. So everything you need an inside linebacker right next to Ernest Jones. Yeah, and he set the school record, 130 tackles last season, I think. And uh, a note on Quentin Johnson, I'm, I'm probably going to get the numbers wrong, but I think most of these undrafted free agents get, you know, $10,000, $15,000 signing bonuses, somewhere in that range. And Quentin Johnson, the Rams had him on the phone and offered him, I believe it was 50000 to get wow. him in camp. So they, they obviously wanted him real bad. You know what his scouting report was? Two words, tackling machine. Oh, <laughs> you're talking about the incarnate word guy or oh, the uh, Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnson. That was his that was Johnson. Johnson report, tackling machine. But, That's but how they he's the same it. guy. Oh, it's Jason Taylor is the one that had to clean up his tackling. Quentin Johnson, yeah, not so Taylor much. Okay, that. gotcha. That's so let me, right? yeah, oh yeah, it is, it is. Um, let me run through um, position by position how I feel about the Rams real, real quickly, and then we'll discuss uh, quarterback, I think we're set. Uh, Matthew Stafford, backed up by Stetson Bennett. Uh, Ripien signed. Uh, I'm I'm square with our quarterback situation. Running back, I feel really good about it, especially if we bring on, if Tyon Evans makes the team, bumps Ronnie Rivers off the squad, perhaps. Wide receiver, um, I would have liked to see them add a receiver earlier, and I know both of you disagreed with me. You guys were right on that call as far as the direction the Rams went. As long as Cooper Cup stays healthy, I think we're fine at wide receiver. Tight end, we're going to learn a lot about uh, the direction of this group after June 1st, if Tyler Higby is retained or not. But uh, I'm comfortable with our tight end situation with or without Tyler Higby. Uh, we'll have... We have a lot to learn about these guys, but it's kind of exciting. Uh, offensive line, I feel like if if Joseph Noteboom steps up and holds up, uh, this could be a really good offensive line and very deep. No, no really concerns there. Uh, of course, we're we're holding out that you know we're assuming that Steve Avila is as good as advertised. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. Uh, and if that's the case, I feel pretty good about our offensive line. Defensive line, a little bit undersized. We need Bobby Brown to step up and a couple of other guys. Uh, 
Laurel Murchison, uh, Ernest Brown IV. Remember that guy? <laughs> Whatever happened to him? Uh, Marquise Copeland, Jonah Williams, some no names there, but uh, kind of like our wide receiver group. If if Cooper Cup stays healthy, wide receivers are fine. If Aaron Donald stays healthy, may not be as good as last year, but there's some upside with our defensive line. We'll be okay. Uh, edge rushers, hey, who knows? We we have to roll with what we have. We've added added three guys, and let's just cross our fingers. Um, could we add a veteran there? That's probably one position we could. There's some guys out there. Um, linebacker, I never really give a lot of thought to linebacker, for better or worse. Ernest Jones is the man right now. Uh, there's a lot a lot of times we only have one linebacker out there, right? Uh, so we have to hope some of these guys step up and, and can back him up at least. And then uh cornerback, we've talked about that. A little I'm I'm still concerned. We we should all still be concerned. Uh and just hope the Rams know what they're doing at that position. I think they really neglected the cornerback situation, and that might be our weak, weakest unit. And with the guys we added uh, at safety, uh, with the young guys we already had, I'm okay with our safety group. That, in a nutshell, is how I feel about each of these position groups. Special teams, uh, I left out, and that's another group, kind of like the edge rushers. Hey, we just have to kick back and watch and, and see how they perform and hope for the best. So that was a lot to throw out there. Uh, you want to go on a roll, Tom, how you feel about this team, where the holes are, where we need to go moving forward, uh, any yeah, free so agent I, signings that we might look forward to? Yeah, I'll just stick with the holes because um, I agree with you on the uh, the majority of it in terms of uh, where, you know, where, we're, uh, where we're solid. Um, there's a lot of competition. A lot of, a lot of the like, offensive line and things aren't locked in, but there's a lot of good players there. So. The rooms that I'm most concerned with is cornerback first and foremost, by far. I, I, it's not even close. Um, and, uh, you know, they needed to draft some more guys. We got one one guy, small. He's another Kobe Durant, essentially. Um, and, uh, you know, both slot guys, theoretically, and just, you know, potentially don't have the size to be on an island outside. Um, uh, you know, are we going to rely on, on Kendrick? Is he our guy? And, uh, you know, we better be able to get a pass rush. Um, our edge room is, uh, um, you know, one of the three also I'm concerned with. So I'm not sure we're going to get the pass rush that we need to get to, uh, you know, to keep uh, Darian Kendrick safe out there on the edge. Um, uh, and so, uh, our, you know, on the cornerback, I mean, because, you know, like we saw last year, if uh, he's going to get beat with just on pure speed if the quarterback has too much time. So, uh, really concerned about the cornerback position. We have basically have three guys that at this point that could, you know, theoretically play right. Durant, Kendrick, who's a question mark and Tomlinson who's a draft pick. So really concerned about that. I think they will add at some, uh, after the, when they're, you know, at the end of the day, they'll, they'll add a, uh, uh outside corner, um, that can, uh, that can come back in. And I believe Troy Hill's still available, believe it or not. So, they might just decide to bring him back we'll, after they have a look at some of these guys. The other, otherwise, uh, uh, really quickly, inside linebacker. I don't think your um, Ernest Jones is obviously the the, the dot and uh, back there on the defense. Um, uh, but I don't know if Hummel will probably get the shot if Ro- Hummel or Roseboom can can actually start. They do most of the time have two guys on the field at inside at inside linebacker, um, and so they're going to need another one. 
And I don't feel like, uh, I don't know if either of those guys are ready. So that's a question mark where they might bring somebody in. That's a pretty easy one to fill uh, with a, with a, uh, with a free agent. And then the last one we talked about was edge um, just, uh, you know, needing some help out there. A lot of youth um, with Hoyt and, and obviously we talked about Byron Young and, and Daniel Hardy. Everybody hasn't played. Keir Thomas looked okay. Um, you draft Hampton, Mathis. Uh, it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. So you got three units on defense you're most concerned about, essentially cornerback, edge, and inside linebacker, which makes perfect sense. Totally agree. How about you, Paul? Where do you, what are you worried about at this point? Well, my favorite position is running back, and I just want to shout out, is he wound up with the New York Jets? The kid from Pitt that we yeah, talked about? Right. Can't get oh, any yeah. more perfect than that. And Tom Charbonnet wound up with Seattle. Yeah, I know. Can't believe it. You know? and But Charbonnet went exactly as slotted. I think he went at 57. So it was really interesting. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, so running back, I mean, um, you know, we, I guess we got Acres. We're going to see what this kid Williams can do. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Um we have Evans and hopefully the kid from Louisville makes the roster. So um, it's an un- unproven scenario there, but this is, you know, this is, it is what it is at this point. So uh, if you stick to the trend that the first year players watch and learn, um, you know, we're going to have a lot of depth. So that's why I said, I think they're building the roster from the bottom up. And when the Rams were, and you look at that elite year that we had, that's what the roster looked like, right? The young players on the bottom, they brought in some key players to round out the skill positions. So uh, if you start from the top, wide receiver, I'm extremely nervous about, right? Cooper Cup's coming off an injury. Let's hope he's at full speed. Van Jefferson, I like the fact that he committed to the weight room last year, but he's also got to stay healthy, right? He's got to produce. Uh Puka Nakua, I think, could contribute right away. Let's see if he get he gets reps. So, uh, and uh, the Skoman, you know, the Skoman proved that he deserves a little bit of playing time too. So, still an unproven commodity at wide receiver. So, I do have a little bit of agita there. I, I think tight end. I think Higby has to go. I think they can save some money there. Um, I like going with the youth movement at tight end, um, and it might. You know, it might convince McVeigh to call their numbers a little bit more. These are some these players got some upside. Holy cow, Hopkins and now this kid Allen. Oh, wow, I love it. They're like basketball players in cleats. I love it. So did you I'd did you per, did you purposely omit Tutu Atwell when you discussed wide receivers? Tutu Atwell, I think <laughs> at some point, it, listen, it's in the NFL. It's put up or shut up, right? And I really hope this kid can stay healthy and we can really see what he can do. Look. All these players deserve a chance, right? So, look, he also committed to the weight room. He put on some weight. Um, let's see what can happen. He could bring some sizzle to the return game. You know, at this point, every spot is open. Competition is a great thing in training camp, right? The cream rises to the top. You know, and that's let's hope that Tutu can contribute. I think they're going to bring in another wide receiver. I think they're going to. Do you think? Do you think McCutcheon has a shot at participating? I would love to see McCutcheon get some reps. Look at that size. You know, that's you know that's the thing. You don't know what you have until you put it out on the field, right? Right. You gotta let the kids play. So if there's any da- upside to what's been going on with the house cleaning, is that the young kids are going to play? So let's see what we have. And it's going to it's going to be of the wide receivers. Sorry, go ahead, Mark. No, that's right. Go ahead. Now, I was going to say in terms of the wide receivers, uh, you know, I, I think. W- 
when we talk about the, the way these this rosters, you know, looking for this year, we have to, you know, obviously we have one year in front of us and, and you can't play this year, next year. But the, the way that they're clearly this year is to set up next year, 2024. And so when you look at the wide receiver room, Van Jefferson is the one guy who's going to be a free agent after this season. So, and obviously if Cup's the one, then if you're just, if you're the wide receiver coach or you're, you're the offensive coordinator, or you're McVeigh, you're saying, okay, who's going to be our number two next year? And that's what they're looking for. So I think they're, I think McCutcheon's going to get a lot of, a lot of looks. Um, and if they can't find a number two out of this group, then that's going to be something they really target next year, either through the draft or through a, a stud free agent. Um, but uh, that's the way I'm looking at the wide receiver room. So I think this is a big audition year. They're going to let McCutcheon play. We're going to see certainly Puka. We're going to see Austin Trammell in the slot. Um, we're going to see a lot of guys and continue to see Skoranek, uh and so forth. So, and then, you know, let Jefferson go, or, you know, let Jefferson play. Um, but mix in other guys. And then hey, if Jefferson plays well, then you get a, a nice comp pick for him if he signs in the you know $10 million range next year or something like that. Yeah. And this is what I was going to say is this is an opportunity for uh, Sean McVay to really prove that he is a great coach, you know, to take this team from five and 12 with this giant infusion of new players, young players, uh, a, a high turnover on the coaching staff as well. A lot of young coaches, and I think he's excited about that. And it's a big challenge for him. And if he can't get this turned around, he's going to take a ding as far as his, you know, his legacy as, you know, boy wonder coach. So he's going to be highly motivated to get this thing turned around real quickly. The, um, Ty, Hill, the Ty Hill example, I think, is really a perfect example for what's going to happen now moving forward. Look how they got Ty Hill. Talk about under the radar. What a great acquisition, right? Sort of like that Austin Cor Corbett acquisition from Cleveland also. Sort of like under the radar, low cost, let's see what we got for a year, Let you know, build up, uh, provide some leadership, whatever it may be. So I think you're going to see those little types of supplemental acquisitions. Nothing to break the bank, but, you know, you can't, you know, roll into the season, you know, with a roster of only undrafted free agents. It's not right. going to work. You need to have some contributions, particularly um, – so on offense, I think the O-line, I think we're going to be okay. Uh, I think we have a lot of depth now in the O-line. I think it's going to – training camp is going to be – that's a position where it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think in the future, uh, Avila is going to be the center of the future, if, if not the guard of the future. Whether or not he plays right away, I don't know. I think he's going to get every chance to win that left guard position. Um, defense, I will say this. When, the rain, when it's all said and done and Aaron Donald retires, and regardless of how many uh, – you know, what happens? I think when the Rams look back at this as an organization, they're going to kick themselves that how many years they went and didn't put a superstar next to Aaron Donald because it would have probably translated to at least one additional Super Bowl, right? And once again, they're going into the season, and it's no surprise when we win one Super Bowl, who's playing next to him? Von Miller, right? So – all the other pretenders to the throne that were on the on the weak side linebacker position, right? Uh, the one year when we had a legitimate dynamic superstar playing next to him, look how it turned out. And I think as an organization, when they look back at that, they had the best defensive player in the league and how many years they went without supplementing him. And they, they're perilously close. 
to doing it again. And as a Ram fan, and I, this is a Ram forum, I can say that publicly to the United States and beyond all you know, the Ramley, <laughs> that is a trend that, you know what, they really have to look at that. And that's on them. That's on them yeah, as an organization. There was, there was a conversation I heard about uh, between Les Need, Sean McVay, and Aaron Donald. Uh, if, if I give you the, if I could paraphrase it for you, it was something like, I think they were sharing Aaron with Aaron Donald what their draft strategy was going to be, and he said, "Just draft people that care." And uh, I think they did that, but like like you say, uh, not going to be any superstars on this yeah. defense line. Hey, Tom, you're the you're the expert on, of, on this panel, anyways, as far as contracts and money money goes. Uh, June first, well, they're already going to have to. Well, let me ask you this: Do they have enough money to sign all these rookies? Um, they 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 don't. Uh, they have to. Um, you know, they have to either clear it through the the uh, the June first with Higby's the only one that they can really do that with, or that they can easily do some restructure and kick some money down the road with Cup or you know a few other guys. So it's one of their one of their big four. But um, so yeah, there, there there's no real threat there. Uh, but you know, though, just, just for the way a lot of people think, oh, if you cut somebody after June 1st, you save all this money, it's kicking the can down the road. It's just, it's just a way for teams to, um, to kick the can down the road on, in terms of when they, uh, when they cut somebody, when they take that cap hit. And so they'll still take the cap hit next year with Higby if they do it, um, or they might not even, uh, you know, you might not even designate him on June 1st and just take it all this year. So um, we'll see. So do you think, given that, their only path to signing free agents, period, is through restructuring, really? And do you think... Yeah, and the, yeah those guys aren't going to be very expensive. I mean, they're not, we're not talking about anybody significant at all. They're, we're talking about, you know, some, some you know, a million, million and a half dollar, $2 million free agents, if they have to, I think they're going to try and roll with this, with this group. But if there's a position that they are just have this massive void at in the, you know, cornerback or something like that, which is the one that I can see happening or inside linebacker, these guys, you know, turn out to be Troy reader incarnated or something like that then they're just like, well, we don't have anybody on a roster. we got to bring somebody in no. that can play this position. Otherwise, the other 10 guys out there are being left exposed. So I think it's a last resort. There are, there's always plenty of guys that can come in and play okay. Um, right. and, and that's what they're going to – they're, they're not going to try and create a, a difference maker. And, and they, just don't, they, don't have money, they don't have enough money to. And their whole strategy isn't really financially driven as much as it is – we want to leave roster spots open for playtime open for all these youngsters to have a, a, a chance to show what they can do. And the, and the flexibility to do the big bang theory next year, right? Yeah. Next year's. Yeah. And to your point, they're going to do a big bang. Uh, there's nobody on this roster, you know, that's a big bang guy on the offense, on the defensive line or on edge um, uh, that, are going to be any have any chance of being what you talked about, um, Paul, in terms of a real strong difference maker. And the only guys that we're losing out of this entire crew uh, next year is about like 17 guys or something like that, including the or 16 guys if you if you don't count Matthew Jester on the is there one defensive line or edge on the UDFA, 
which is actually pretty amazing that there's only one UDFA between those two positions. But anyway, of the 16 guys, we're only losing two next year. And um, it's like, uh, you know, uh, Copeland and Murchison or something like that, you know, which aren't exact. So um, and the guys that are left aren't going to be those superstars. So that's clearly a position that they're going to really load up on with their, you know, sort of 80 million projected that they'll have in uh, cap space next year. So this year, if they were going to sign any free agents, it might be uh, low cost agreed, uh, maybe a big defensive tackle, uh, a cornerback and an inside linebacker just to supplement what they have. I give, yeah, a one-year guy, a, you know, yeah. cheap one-year guy. I give it two preseason games, and Robert Rochelle will be gone. Two preseason games, I give it two, and then reality will set in, and he will be gone. Yeah, they. I mean, he's he's actually did contribute pretty well on special teams, so he's a he's a strong special teams player. So I don't think he'll be gone. I just, you know, if he was in the rotation. Um, in any way, shape, or form of the conversation for cornerback. I, I agree. And then Sean Jolly, which is an interesting, speaking of cornerbacks, they, they brought him in last year and then they parked him. Um, he, was, he, was one of the, he was one of the players that was on the uh, – uh, he was on the 53, but on the inactive list, um, you know, game day inactive list uh, most, most times. Um, even when he was active, he didn't play on special teams. But for some reason, they parked him and that, you know uh, – uh, uh, Demoff has talked about this parking guys and McCutcheon was a park job last year. Um, uh, the prior year it was, uh, who was the edge? Was it, um, uh, Chris Garrett? Oh yeah. Chris Garrett was a park job the prior year. So they have these guys that are park jobs and, um, it's weird that Jolly was, so they must think something of him, but, yeah. uh, hopefully and he can play. He did play he definitely brought a spark. He definitely played with Moxley. There's no question about it. Yeah, and he didn't play very much, but when he did, yeah, he, he looked okay. Worth mentioning, probably worth mentioning, given what we've been talking about, the two undrafted free agents. One's a pretty big cornerback, another McCutcheon, Cameron McCutcheon out of Western Carolina. And then there was another one here, uh, the guy out of Arizona State, Tamarcus Davis, uh, 5'11", 180. Yeah. McCutcheon I have at 6'2", 200. So maybe one of them have a shot at making this roster as well. Maybe short corner, short athletic, physical cornerbacks. Maybe it's not such a bad thing. I don't know. I think the corner, the corner scenario trend where they're going to smaller corners has to be because a lot of the defenses want the ability to match up. So no matter where you are on the field, whether you got to jump down into the slot or go to the, that's the issue. A lot of teams are using that, putting their best receiver at the slot. Right. And that's really what they're trying to exploit is that the inability of the defense to have that third defensive back that can cover. Right. And Troy Aikman used to say it all the time when he was an announcer. He said, offense is simple. Is my slot receiver better than your third uh, defensive back? Troy Aikman used to say that all the time. And it makes a lot of sense. So I think that's where you're seeing a lot of these. these corners that can play the perimeter, but also jump down and play the slot. And you have safeties that are now being able to do that, that they can play safety, come into the box and jump down and cover the corn, uh, the slot receiver. So I think that's a trend. So I think you're definitely going to see that. And because the smaller corners are so plentiful, right? I think that's the reason you're seeing so many of them. Any final thoughts, uh, 
on this draft and where the Rams are going, I think we're kind of in agreement on, on most of this. And uh, I, I think it's just going to be an exciting time. It's just going to be a really interesting training camp and preseason. And uh, can't wait to see it get started. It's going to be a different year, though. It's going to be maybe a slightly painful at times. Uh, probably not as painful as last year, I'm hoping, though. Um, but can't wait to see it get started. I think it's exciting. You know, Listen, look, you know, as a Ram fan, I would love to be able to say, you know, we're going in, we're, we're locked and loaded. But, you know, Tom will agree with me. Sometimes you got to take a step back to go go forward, right? And that's okay, as long as you do it in a reasonable fashion, a well-thought-out fashion. So I think, I think your point is spot on. I think it's going to be exciting. Let's watch the training camp battles. Let's see what how it pans out. And let's, you know, watch the team. That's what they're going to be doing. Who gets released? I, like I said, the Hill is a perfect example. Uh, Austin Corbett in the past was a perfect example. And then they're going to supplement when they need to down the road. They're going to bring in those players that fit the system and when they need to make their run. So, Any final thoughts, Tom? Yeah, no, I'm just, uh, I just – it's it's exciting because um, we've sort of alluded to that the uh, – it, it's a tryout year. It's, it's just – really open it up, let these young guys, we haven't seen that from the Rams. It's been this um, very, uh, you know, as part of Paul mentioned, you know, get the rookies and let them sit a year or two, you know, cut their teeth on special teams and develop and behind these, these uh, players that are more uh, experienced or veterans and so forth, because they really tried to, it really been in make a run uh, in the Super Bowl window the last six seasons. And so, or five seasons, we'll say, and so it's just exciting to see all these guys. We're going to see these guys play. Like if, if we had, if this was a draft class, how many of these guys would actually get a chance to compete with all of those guys on the roster? They cut 13 free agents or 13 guys that were free agents. They didn't bring them back and cut them. Um, and then they cut a bunch of others. So uh, it's to me, that's what's exciting. If we're going to see all virtually all of these guys have a chance to play. And I do have a prediction. I think that our, are if you include Higby being the fifth, but if you include, you know, sort of Stafford and Donald and, and Cup and Havenstein, I, I do think those guys are going to sit um, some this year and uh, and let some of the other guys play in their place. It's not going to be, you know, oh, load management like the NBA, but it's going to be, ah, you know, nagging injury. Um, you know, he's questionable. Oh, he's, he's going to sit out, you know. And I mean, because the number one goal is <laughs> none of those guys can get hurt. Like well, there's no chance we're winning the Super Bowl this year. This team clearly plays for Super Bowls, so those guys cannot get hurt. Number one and number two, we know they're great players, so rest them up for when we make our run in 2024 and what it, whatever that means and looks like, and let some of these other guys play. Let's see Stetson Bennett play some real games at quarterback. We are going to see it almost guaranteed, and it's not because Matthew Stafford gets, you know killed like he did last year it's because he's going to have a nagging injury and he's going to sit out and we're going to see Stetson Bennett lead this offense I can't wait yeah it it may be dependent on the schedule if the schedule comes out such that you know the Rams can get out of the gate three and one uh maybe their strategy would change but we'll have to see all right Mark and Tom outside of the Rams who are your teams that ace the draft 
You know, I haven't looked at it that closely. Um, I thought the Lions, uh, I didn't really like their top end of the draft. I just thought position-wise it was a little bit odd. I uh, have to like the Seahawks draft, although I think people are getting uh, are overreacting to um, how much impact that can have on a team year one. Uh, that, those are probably my only comments. I thought it was kind of odd Green Bay taking two tight ends, I think, in the first three rounds. Um, but, hey, I've been on vacation. I haven't really looked at a lot of the other teams' drafts yet. How about you, Tom? Yeah, I mean, I, I did not. I, I got some nice, uh, fun, friendly debates with, well, the Lions fans are very defensive about their draft. Um, and uh, I don't think that uh, they have, I don't, I don't like their, you know, positional value at all. Like if they're going to, if you're going to do it and this is the right draft to do it in. Um, but, you know, it's, that's a, that's an entire uh, sort of debate in and of itself. Um, you know, taking linebackers and these kinds of things. I'm going to go with, uh, I know I'm biased because I, I think Tomlin's the greatest. Uh, Tomlinson's the greatest, right? Mike Tomlin, I think, is the greatest. So I'm going to go with uh, the Steelers. I love what the Steelers did. Broderick Jones, Joey Porter, Keanu Benton, Darnell Washington, Nick Herbig, uh, Corey Trice, Spencer Anderson. I just thought they got great value in every round. Um, and enough sizzle to go along with the uh, lunch bucket guys. So I like what they did. I like what the Steelers did, and I like what I like what Philly did. Philly, once again, you got to love what they do. You know, they did a great job. They got Jalen Carter. They got your guy, uh, Mark Nolan Smith, Tyler Steen, Sidney Brown, Kelly Rango, Tanner McKee, and Moro Jomo. So, didn't they draft? Didn't they draft the Georgia defense? Is that what I heard? Jalen Carter. Yeah. Listen, the SEC is where it's at. You got to bring in the SEC players, right? right. So you know, I I saw the um, going off on a tangent here. So one of the guys posted their top fifteen uh, college football teams for next year, and there were surprisingly a shortage of SEC teams in the top 10 or so. And there, I think there were four Pac-12 teams, including Washington. I think he had it number four. Wow. Real interesting, but it's early for that, though. Hey, guys, I think we've got enough here. Gone over uh, almost an hour and a half. Uh, good stuff. Um, I really appreciate your time. We'll talk again. Maybe, maybe we'll get together in mid-June when things have fermented even more. We'll have a little bit more to talk about. How's that sound? All right. Go Ram. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. And uh, let's do it again real soon. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan and Crimson Fly by Hamama.
What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plastic-free 305.